Amen. But we thank God. You have talked about our topic today is about money walks. Money walks. Money walks. And you're saying that we are picking it up from last year in September where we talked about vaccinating your money. And vaccinating your money was more about debt. The Bible says that the borrower is forever slave to their lender. And so we are saying that how do we take a way out of that? And a number of us have taken steps in line with that. But today we move a step forward, okay? And as we talk about money works, this first Sunday we're going to focus on are we prepared for opportunity? And as we get in and we talk about money, you know when Pastor told me, Desmond, you'll share about money, I was a bit ishi ishi. You know, money is a bit of a sensitive topic. When they say someone like Mutahi, talk about governance, the church will not question. The guy has a Kenya shirt. You know? It's, it's very, it's, it's easy for your mind to just. When they call Ben Marsh to talk about prayer, mm, you can already feel yourself. Eh? But when you're called to talk about money, you question, is it the lack thereof or the abundance? Hey, I receive. You say dreams are free. Hey, Father, I receive it. Yeah, it's the whole church. So, and in fact, I was wondering, do I print my bank statements and come with it? Or if you have this M-Pesa app, have you ever seen what the M-Pesa app tells you how much you have traded? That's you. You know, that thing makes you feel different. Amount traded so far. Can they just gather that money and bring it to you once? You know, and that's the thing. And all of us, in a certain sense, we spend money. Coming here, we spent money. You had breakfast. For me, I had church breakfast, but the church had to spend money. All of us are spending in one way or another. And so I wondered for me, why, what are my qualifications? And I started, I started recollecting, what will I tell Bolivar about money? And so I, I started looking back. Ah, I remember one time I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. How many have read that book? Or are planning to read it? But one of the privileges I've had in my life is that I've seen that book play in my life. I have a rich dad and a poor dad. They both exist. It's a very interesting scenario to be in. I will not, uh, maybe you will realize at the end who is the rich dad and who is my poor dad. But both of them, by worldly standards, are wealthy, by the way. Both are wealthy. But their money practices are very different. So let me disclose. My rich dad is my employer. I have had the awesome privilege of working in a family business. And I see that man, how he leads. And uh, yesterday, we were in a team building on Friday. And it's, it's a privilege, I must admit. It's a privilege to be the 10 people in a room and he's there and he's addressing you. This is a wealthy man. He's a wealthy man. And he's now a bit elder. And he made a statement. You know, to what end is all this money? What, what, he says that money only works up to a certain point it adds value. But beyond a certain point, it doesn't add more value. And he says that, then I figure out, then the only meaningful thing to do with this money is make a contribution. That is rich dad. 
Let me call the other dad wealthy dad. <laughs> For purposes of being a bit correct, eh? My other wealthy dad, who is my athlete dad, he's also very blessed. And he's worked and quite a bit. He does a bit of real estate. But let me tell you, I do not know how much my wealthy dad makes in a month. So the other day we were driving with him and he started telling me stories. I told him, do you know, I, I told him, my other dad is called Mr. Davis. I told him, Mr. Davis has many sons. So he turns to me, what do you mean? I know how much that man makes every day. And I contribute and ensure that he's able to make more every day. But God has given me the privilege of seeing different money practices and appreciate why they're important. And so partly what I will be drawing from is the lessons that I have learned there. The other thing, and this life is very interesting, you talked about the places I've worked in. I have done payroll for the multinational for a number of months. Let me see payroll, you see things. How many have ever done payroll here? You see things, you see behavior. You, you see, is this the same person? I, uh, just confirm, eh? <laughs> you, see, you see some people doing certain things with their money, you ask them, why are you doing this? As in, you just want to ask, why are you doing this? And then you, and you also see people who almost earn the same, yet their lifestyles are very different. And you wonder, uh -uh, what's going on? Is it because they're not very connected or what's happening? But you see it before you. That's the thing about money. And there's one job I did in finance. It was called Revenue and Cost Optimization Manager. Can you hear? Revenue and bring in the money, tighten the taps. Two things. Bring in the money, tighten the taps. And I thank God. It was a very, that was not one of, I didn't, that job was quite interesting, but I learned a lot in that time. And also, another part is my wife and I. If there's something that was close to breaking our marriage, and I know it may be controversial, it's this current marriage you're talking about, Mavuno South. If there's something that was being close to breaking my marriage, it's about money. I remember those ones we just held, ah, ah, pesa. Let's not talk about it. See, we are leaving. We are okay. Let's not talk about money. So that was a big part. But I have seen us grow till now. Before, if the next salaries and we are counting for the businesses we run, come, we sit down together. And I was saying, isn't this a miracle? And we plan. And for many people, I don't know what system you apply for money. There are people who say that his money Yours is ours. Let me tell you. This thing is still his wallet. Are we going to use your card or my card? And that's the thing about money. And right now, one of the privileges I have also, I talked about the work I do, I, I am categorized as a spender of the boss's money where I work. I lead the IT team. I have a budget that goes to about 200 million. You come and tell the boss, I want to spend your money. Spend us. I like you give us an attitude. You know you guys just spend. Especially when you're talking to the salespeople. You know you guys spend. But let me tell you, one of the things I see in terms of when every time you're going for any approval, how they question, how they interrogate, how they spin it. And let me tell you, most of the times they send you back and you come, and sometimes you don't even need that money you're asking for. 
And that's how they get around it. And money has many wonders, you know? The thing about our lives that, why is it that some people look like they have so much and some have very little? Does that wonder? Does that make you wonder? Why does that happen? Sometimes you even question, is God fair? Everyone, no matter how wealthy you are, how many stomachs do you have? Wow. No matter how wealthy, just one. Isn't God fair? Why can't God just take and distribute? So is God fair? Are some people lucky and others are not? Even in our own families, in our own families, we all know that there are people who we have to think about how will we provision for them. You just told us you had to pay someone's fees. It happens. The other aspect is that why is it that some people look like they are money magnets? Every coin, it's like they just pull that money. But some, it's like your kerosene and water. I don't know which one is money and which one is you. It's like the money never comes to you. But then in the same paradox, let me paint a picture of where we find people who have got humble salaries. Have you seen those teachers? We call them Walim Shago. Most of the time, very humble. But you go and see them, they have built their house. Do you see that, or is it just our village? Even in your village, yeah. You better raise the profile of your village at this time. You know, they, they can build a home, they educate their kids, tell you that our child is now going to college or university. Right? America. I saying, even Nani went. That time, you, you, you are the one who is parked outside their home in your fancy car. <laughs> fancy car. Hey, the things they are talking about, only your ears. There's a story in our own Nakuru where this Boda Boda people came together. How many had that story? And they came up with a scheme whereby they were able to build houses for each. How many have heard of that story? And most of you, Boda Boda, your own attitude, may God see that attitude you have towards Boda Boda riders. Amen? Yet, these very guys, they have come into a scheme where they're able to build a house for every one. So, one of the key things, you see, two people, as I said, in the same company, similar pay slips, one looks more financially independent and the other just looks like the boss should never declare that this job is coming to an end. And it all happens. And this thing goes on even to the Bible. There's still money is, is one of the most abundant things, one of the most present commodities, yet it has got very interesting enigmas. In Ecclesiastes 10.19, it says that money answers all Money answers all things. In fact, there are many songs that have been done. If I asked you to give me songs about money, I can just see lips moving. There are many songs. Money answereth all things. That's in our same Bible. But on the other hand, for example, 1 Timothy 6.10 says about the same money, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It's a root of all kinds of evil. It's very clear. Right now in our own 
country. The big fight for power is because you get to control. You get to control money. The Bible says that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. And in Matthew 6.21, it says that for where your treasure is, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. But in Matthew 6.24, we are still reminded that no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. And it says that you cannot serve both God and money. Can you see those? Con on the one hand, money answereth all things. When you start chasing it with all you have, you say that this one is the one that has caused the most misery. Should we have it or not? And there's a quote by Francis Bacon. It's, an, it's, it's a common one. They say that money is a good servant, but a bad master. Money is good when it is serving you, but when it becomes the master. In fact, there was one mentor who once asked me, because <laughs> I think they realized my talk then, my determining factor is what is giving me more money. And so he asked me at some point, Desmond, is money the end or a means to an end? I look back and I couldn't answer. But over the years, I've been getting my answer. And even for you today, is money the end or a means to an end? It's at that divide of money. And why do we need to learn about money? Let's bring it back in context. What does God desire? Yes, it's the one blessing he's giving us. In 2 Corinthians 9.10, the Bible reminds us that now he who supplies seed to the, listen to that, he supplies what? And bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed. And increase your store of what? That is interesting. The truth, all of us want seed and bread at the same time, right? But what is God going to increase? Seed. And for me, one of the key things, uh, I know there are people who love magic. One day billionaire. One day millionaire. I woke up like this. But I have learned in God's currency, what he gives is what? Seed. He'll always give seed to the sower. And the interesting thing about seed the seed is always never comparable to the fruit or the tree that produces the fruit. Have you ever seen a seed that is bigger than the fruit or the tree? That is baggage. But a seed is so small compared to the tree that produces more fruit. But yet again, the, the seed has to be patient to become the tree. And it's a very interesting sense that I learned that our God is a God of process. He's a God of what? Process. And he says that he gives seed, increase your store of seed, and will enlarge the harvest. Look at what God will do. He will enlarge the what? 
the harvest of your righteousness. Righteousness can be a word that scares you, but righteousness just means doing right, being right with that seed. And this is God's desire in verse 11, that you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. Think about it. Imagine if all the people who are asking you for help, you never had to turn any one of them away. Imagine. So that we can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. God's desire was to put this money in your hands. The output of this money will be your generosity. And this generosity will result in thanksgiving. Do you see how it works? When you're able to feed the needy children, to take care of that orphaned child, doesn't it bring praise to God? Why, is money, why must we learn about money? Deuteronomy 15, 6. For the Lord your God will bless you as he has promised. God has promised to do what? To bless us. And if you are in this space and you're thinking that this is for other people, I'm just rebasing you to remind yourself that everyone, God is speaking to you as an individual. Is that okay? That he has, God will bless you as he has promised, and you will lend to many nations and will borrow from none. Somebody say an amen. That I, in fact, talk to yourself, that I will lend to many nations and borrow from none. Okay, maybe make it a bit personal. I, Papa Des. Okay, don't use my name, eh? It's becoming a bit personal. I'm even feeling awkward. So, I will lend to many nations and borrow from none. And so the Lord reminds us that you will rule over many nations, but none will rule over you. And the last bit is Deuteronomy 8.18 that says that, remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives us the ability to do what? To produce wealth. That is God's desire. And it remains. And the Lord is looking for people who will incline themselves in this particular way. And so we go into a series that says money walks. Two things about how money walks. Money is either walking towards you or... No, I didn't hear you. Church, you're becoming a bit quiet. Money is either walking or... Okay, ask your neighbor, this money, is it working? Ask your neighbor. Yes, they look like right now they're very serious and they're focusing on me. Uh-uh, break it. Tell me, break it. Is this money walking away from or towards you? Money walks. Either way, it's walking. That's the problem with money, it's walking. It's only walking towards you or some of you is walking past you. It's running. <laughs> Someone is saying there are people who are just, hey, okay, this is your house, welcome. Uh -uh. <laughs> and as I figured out this, there's a triad. We will be sharing. Money is very common. This is a very common topic, and it's even hard to talk to anyone about it. Because when you step out this door, you'll be spending money. So this, I want you just to show a triad. We had a triangle that shows, I, we're going to learn just about three things in all this. And I adopted this from my profession. 
I know this. I have a mentor in this congregation. Winnie, I salute you. Yeah, we, we're in the same trade, so sometimes when I'm having headaches in my own, I call her and I tell her, ah. So there's something. You, in, in our profession, we talk about it's about people, processes, and technology. Those three things. But I adapted something from money. And it's a triad that talks about on one, it's a triangle that talks about three aspects. The first thing that will determine whether money walks towards you or away from you is your mindset. Somebody say, mindset. What are your attitudes? What are your beliefs? What are your values about this money? Some people's attitudes and beliefs, what I have is so little. Right? They pay us so little around here. These guys, these people, I don't even have. I will start saving when I get more. <laughs> what are your attitudes? What are your beliefs about this money? And even the word of God has something to say about it. The other aspect that out of your beliefs and your mindset comes out your practices. We need this will be processes. Your practices. What have you outlined? And not just processes written on paper, but your discipline to adhere to those practices. Are you the reactive one? Oh, gas is finished. Ah, it's finished. Oh, huh? bread is over. Ah, it's over. How much more month? It's only 15th. We cannot, ah, it's finished. And then now you, you create an attitude and atmosphere in the home. You cannot even be approached. <laughs> it stands for everyone. <laughs> yeah, because it's a big surprise. The gas you are supposed to cook with for the whole month is finished. It's finished. <laughs> and let me tell you, if, if you had not planned for gas to get finished, that's normally a big one. Yeah, that's normally a big one. And many other things. Are you basically reactive or proactive? Are you directing this money when it comes on how to go? Or it is directing you on how it is going? And sometimes it starts it start making decisions about your life. Ah, ah, you cannot eat here. Remember your pockets. <laughs> and the last bit is the tools. The tools we use. And I've come to realize uh, one of the things... I said, uh, I committed, I remember my high, my high school, it was high school, yeah, it was high school, I, used, I did accounts in high school, and I remember we were told to buy this book by Frank Wood, I don't know if anyone who is an accountant knows Frank Wood, you know Frank Wood, we asked, how much is that book? He told us about 3,500, 3,500, one book, and he told us, if knowledge is expensive, try ignorance. And that quote has never left me. At some point in my life, I realized I was getting money, but I was, not, I was very ignorant on how to spend it. That's why I did an MSc in finance. So you may be the most privileged congregation in Mavuno South, being talked to by our graduates. The truth is, money can get very complex. When, I wish Winnie was here. She's a whole CFO. When they start talking about IRR, internal rate of return, working capital, you know, all those things that just, ah, it's easier. Money can get a bit complex, but these tools can help you. Some tools as simple as just knowing where your money went. One of the tools that my wife and I use is we, we, we try and really track 
where our money goes. So I have an app on my phone, and she has the same app. Whenever we spend money, we record it. It's very tedious, maybe when you have to do, like, say, an exam, or these papers at the end. And by God's grace, it got worse. I told you I work. I spend a lot of the boss's money. Eh? I spend money. But before I spend that money, I have seen the practices they make me go through. And I've been able to carry some of those practices into our own life. So there are tools. There are certain things. So these are the key things I would want to say that money will walk away from you or towards you depending on how you harness the three. Is that okay? And we'll be exploring. And I do not have all the answers. That's why I asked the question on the WhatsApp group. If you had only a thousand shillings, what would you do with it? I like the many answers. Put in the money markets. Put it in the circle. And I realized, wow, actually you're right. Because when you put it there, it starts attracting the other thousand every month. And then it grows. It earns a little interest, then it grows and earns a little more interest, Right? And before you know it, you're no longer talking about a thousand. You're talking about much more. So those are the tools that we'll be going through. But, and and one, why it is key for us to talk about mindset? And I will gloss over this. Proverbs 23, 7 says that as a man thinks, so he is. Yep. We are even reminded to be transformed by the renewal of our what? By the renewal of our minds. Some of us, the biggest barrier is our minds. On practices, Luke 14.28 reminds us, suppose one wants to build a tower, won't you first sit down? Won't you first do what? Some of us start by, Oti, let him away. Let him away. What's with anyone? That's how some of us, won't you first? Come on, turn to your friend and tell them, sit down. Sit down. I have realized that discipline about money. It needs you sometimes to do what? Sit down. Won't you first sit down and do what? And estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it. And on tools, Ecclesiastes 10.10 10 says that if the axe is dull and the blade unsharpened, more strength must be exerted. But skill produces success. So when you're learning about all these tools, and never, never stop learning. Right now, one of the things, if you incorporate, one of the big things we're dealing with is Forex. If you're trading in many countries, and you want, as in, you can make money in a country, but by the time you move that money into your own country, you're dealing with what they call exchange rate losses. And if you don't know that, the accountants are going to whoop you. Why isn't the money arriving? Ah, boss, you see exchange rate losses. The, the, the dollar, you see this Russian war, and they're talking many things. And so right now, people are getting innovative. How do we move our money? So you who has got only one trick, why are the money? What's the problem? Why are the money? And your next strategy is more volume. Why are the money? Like, ah, uh ah. -uh. That's the problem with tools. You've got to keep learning. Go to the person next door. That's the beauty about learning. You will, be, you will learn in very surprising ways. But first, we have five money postures as individuals. And I've talked about, we have five money postures. Some of us are just busy. You remember that thing for sit down? 
We are busy. You're on the mode of katasim tuposite. Can you consider katasim tuposite? You're busy. You have no time to think about investments. The money just comes and goes. You never sit down. This money, what can... One thing I've realized about money is that it takes time to figure out. It takes time. It needs you to sit down. That's why my rich dad has a team of, sorry about that, has a team of accountants who every month they sit and they run the accounts of the 40 branches in Kenya, of the nine multinationals we are in, and they question every move of his money. And they come and say, we made a profit or a loss. If on a scale of one to five, you'll rate yourself, would you consider this yourself the busy type? Zero means, no, I'm not busy. Five means, I'm very busy. Where do you fall? Give yourself a number. We will not broadcast it today. Between zero to five, give yourself a number. The other category is the people who are just confused. Let me tell you, money can be very confusing. Not because of you, it's because of the money. When you meet Winnie and she starts telling you IRR, working capital, is it the principle or the interest? Is it to be amortized or to be? Hey, just back out. You tell me when you are done. Or they suddenly, this one gives this interest rate, this one gives this one. Over how long? Oh, so this one is compounded, this one is not. Huh? <laughs> you, know, you know those kind of things. So you just feel trapped. In fact, your, your investment strategy, if you're told, is the picky picky. Uh, okay, uh, You're so overwhelmed, it's just easy to avoid it. For you, if you had to invest, just give someone else to invest for you, you know? Just give someone else. In terms of that space, where are you? Zero means nikopabaya. I just feel so confused about this money things. Or five means I'm very confident of how I handle my money. All right? But the next one is our consumers, yolo, yolo, pigaluku. In fact, I'm told now it's not luku, it's called lumbutuku. Tokea your place. When you get a hint that you're going to get an increment, you, you call your cloth dealer. It's still a hint, it's still a hint. Every increment means an upgrade. A better shoe. I, let me tell you, I'm in IT and I've, grew, I've been in there for a while. One of the poisons that's going to kill people, young people in IT, is gadgets. Eh? Eh? I remember I bought this particular phone. And actually, I look back, I want to make a statement here. iPhones are actually not expensive. Yeah. Those phones are not expensive. I had a phone that is as old as my marriage. And it was still working. Still works. I remember previously I used to buy, you know these phones you buy, it serves you six, eight months, start blinking when you switch it on, 
blinks twice, <laughs> says time, the memory starts hanging. <laughs> yeah? So you go into a... But I realized, so I bought this phone once. I spent a bit of money then. And that phone survived. But then I had got these colleagues. So they would tell me, hey, it's a Samsung CG, what release? And they keep up to it. So they bought the latest. Then after one year, there was a new phone. Which phone did they get? The latest. I was still the one taking the photos with the same phone. They asked me, ah, uh -uh. are you not upgrading? Pressure. Are you not upgrading? Another year went by. The same phone was still surviving. One day I told them, listen, I'm not trying to keep up. Just to get them off. In fact, that phone was once run over by a truck. And I traced it and I found it was crashed. The whole screen was crashed, but the phone was still working. I just replaced the screen and it continues. You are truly in service. I didn't need another phone. The thing was working. But because of the consumerism culture, most of us find ourselves we have more money than month. Right? It is more month than money. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. It is more month than money. That's why you always find yourself. Hey! Advance. I remember when I started earning money, I told my dad I have discovered this little trick. It's called taking advance. <laughs> hey, my dad, at least that is one of the ones where my wealthy dad, eh? he told me, <laughs> what did you just say? Advance. He told me, listen, you will never take that thing again. I have people who work here and they have no salary. Because once they earn, the next Monday, where are they? Advance. In fact, in our company, there was a time it was very automated. You didn't need any inter intervention. It just checks your salary. If you can afford it, the money comes through on M-Pesa. Consumerism. On consumerism, where are you? One to five. Or zero to five. Zero means, this one does not touch me. Five, God help me. God, calm down. Some of us are just, the other group is we are comfortable. We are comfortable. Whenever someone wants to talk to us about pressure, watch a pressure banner. What's the problem? It will sort itself out. Don't be bothered. Or you feel it is not spiritual. And also rate yourself on one to five. Where are you? But the other group is the people who are fearful. I like the way you asked, where have we lost money? I'm telling you, even me, my, I have lost money also. Mm. I remember I once bought air. So that was not the intention. The intention was to buy a 40-foot container. My friend, I bought air. I remember going to the ground after paying my deposit. I asked them, you say that container is being delivered? I said, yes. In fact, as we speak, it has just been loaded and it is on its way. And right before me, I could see the very container they had told me. That's when I realized my 100,000 shillings now belonged to someone else. But after encounters like that, you become so fearful sometimes, right? Your intention was right. I wanted to get into this container homes business and things like that. And so you go like, ah, ah, never again. Your fingers have been burnt and you're like, and so you're valid in terms of your reasons. 
And so we have these five postures. And on a scale of one to five, position yourself in terms of how, much, how fearful you are. Zero means I have no fear. That is not what motivates me. Five means I am crippled by this fear. And we'll be seeing, and I want us to turn to Luke 19, 11 to 27, and we'll be walking through it. It's, a, it's an interesting parable. It's a parable that is similar to the parable of the talents, but this one has a curve to it. It's actually called the parable of the minas, okay? Minas, to make it easy, let me call it um, maybe the parable of the naira. Naira is more common and dramatic, eh? Bollywood fans. It's basically a parable and verse 11, I will go through it as we explore some of the money principles that come out of this text. Is that okay? So Luke 19, 11 to 27. Slightly long, but we'll walk through it. 11 says that while they were listening to this, he went on to tell them a parable because he was near Jerusalem. And people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. <laughs> that is how most of us live. The kingdom of God will appear at once, that my freedom will appear at once. My, you know, it will appear at once. This didn't start yesterday. He said, a man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king and then return. Interesting. I know for some of you, you had a man of noble birth. I, when, I like, when I read these stories, I like to put myself in it. Maybe if you think about your life, you're not of noble birth. But let me say something. The generations can come, that come after you can one day say that they were of noble birth because of the decisions you're going to take today. Let me say that again. The generations that come after you may one day say they were of noble birth. Uh -uh. The generations that come after you will one day say they are of noble birth. Rich dad, rich dad has already set out a plot for his grandchildren as we speak. Grand. Do you see that? When you see, sometimes they say that a rich man leaves an inheritance for his children. Me, I have to think how to secure my home first. Then after I secure my school, my children. Uh -uh. These kids, they are born thinking about how to expand the empire. Do you see that different positioning? And that is the opportunity we have as we sit in here today. And so we go on. Verse 13. So he called ten of his servants and gave them ten minas. And this is what, minas like naira. He tell them, take this ten naira or ten Kenya shillings or ten dollars, whatever you want to call it. Put this money to work. What does he say? Put this money to work. He said, until I come back. That reveals the very first principle about money, the ownership principle that everything I have belongs to God. Isn't it the same thing God does? He gives us opportunities, a salary, sometimes an education, sometimes this, all these things. And the one instruction, wouldn't we all give an account for what we did with that someday? Put this money to work until I come. But the best part is the until I come. It is so indefinite about when he comes. <laughs> Do you see that part? It is so indefinite. But he says, put this money to work until I come. And the interesting thing about this ownership principle, 
everything I have belongs to God. Each person got the same amount. And Ecclesiastes 9.11 says that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, no bread to the wise, no riches to men of understanding, no favor to men of skill, but time and time and what? Chance. Time and chance happen to what? The thing we do about time, how many, the fact that you're all here, <laughs> you still have time. You, rich dad now says when he talks, because he's a bit elder, he says that uh, if you guys will be here, you guys may likely be here because him is a bit elder. But time, everyone has got that resource called time. How do some of us spend our time? You go home, series. You escort every series that comes out and then sure they conclude well. Then you ask, which is the next hot one? Time and chance happen to all. A chance even to volunteer somewhere. I remember the other day, there's a skill I really wanted to learn, and you guys may judge me for now, but I've really wanted, I, one of my hobbies is barbecuing. But there's this particular way of smoking. How many have heard of smoking? But now there's also smoking. It's the one that will be happening in heaven. So I really wanted to learn this thing. And I went to, it. actually, it was fearless. And I found friends of some, they were not, I didn't even know them. What were they doing? For them, on their business tent, they brought these smokers. And I'm like, I have envied learning this thing. And I remember, because things had not yet settled, the guy who was there, he was washing the warus. You know, you can't just eat nyamachoma like that. And I remember, I went to this guy and I told him, can I help you wash the warus? The guy looked, hey, water, seat, everything, wash. At some point, he even delegated. He forgot it was his job. <laughs> he told me, finish, then we have got others there. We need to. The next day, I converted. I was the cabbage man. Mm. Let me tell you, I said, if my wife finds me here. That was a chance I had, but let me tell you right now. I am no longer doing yamachoma. Nowadays, I smoke meat. And that meat is nice. Mm, it is different. Mm. Time and chance happen to all. And why God does this is that so that we may fulfill his purposes. God gives all of us the power to make wealth. And one day we will give an account. With the time and chance God is giving you, Tell your friend, accomplish the mission. Verse 14, but his subjects hated him. Listen to that. For the rich man, his subjects did what? They hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we don't want this man to be our king. As life has it, verse 15, he was made king, however, and returned home. Then he sent for the servants to whom he had given the money in order to find out what they had gained with it. In order to find out what they had gained with it. And the second principle that pops there is a multiplication principle. The money needs to work for us. 
Whether that money stays or goes determines when it stays, what do you do with it? Some of us, when it arrives, you say, what is the other Gucci bag you have? Send me quotes quickly. You can't do it for two five. Okay, make it 2,000. Your money starts going. But there's a principle called multiplication. What? Principle. God has given us, all of us, the ability to make wealth. And one of the key things, you remember the tools we were talking about on that triangle? The practices, we must learn how to multiply this money. There's a big myth that we say that all rich people do what? Louder. The Lord has been visiting you. They? They, they both S's, but mostly first is steal. There's a myth that most rich people steal. Uh -uh. My dad once told me this. Desmond, listen. And it was a bit of a tribal comment. Told me, Desmond, listen. You know they say that these people of this tribe that they steal. Let me tell you, I've worked in government for so long. These people work hard. These people work hard. They work hard. And the key question is how do we invest in assets rather than liabilities? Sometimes the cars we have, I remember once we gathered together with a group of friends and maybe there was once you saw me come to church with a very big car. I no longer come with it, praise God. It's because I no longer have it, it's no longer in my possession. It was actually a car we were trying to get our wealthy dad. And so we teamed up and we got this car. I went to, car, I went to work with that car for, I was it about three days. Let me tell you, I investigated my fuel bills. So what's going on? Is the Lord moving in this car in a different way? <laughs> yes, it's moving me, but is the Lord moving more? Hey, I discovered, hey, hey, this is a liability. I was so happy to hand it back to, to, to hand it over to the owner. Your car has arrived. We have finished our work. Take your, take your car. The certain things you have, you must question: Is it bleeding you more, or is it bringing in some more? And I want to challenge you around this. Maybe for some of us, it's, let me tell you something. It doesn't matter. And I've come to learn the people who put a demand on you. <laughs> I'm part of our executive team at work. So we have executive parking. Tell your friend, executive parking. So I have this tiny car. It's a tiny car. So when I came to it at work, people, and you pass, people turned, hey, what's going on? I remember some people even came to give me lectures. You know, you can't park this car. Man. So, okay, give me the other money. I buy the new car that can fit well in executive parking. They put so much pressure, I realize this thing is just a what? Liability. And where I am right now, imagine it gets me to work and takes me back home. It does. Some of us, we may need to just downscale, even the place where you live. Never, let us not get into this rut of trying to be like the other person. You don't know what their priorities are. You never know. I have been very broke for a long part of my life. But now when I look back, I discovered when we came from school, I was not a very strong student, by the way. I was not, I remember at my interview, I had a bit of an agonizing time. They told me, there's a unit here you have failed all your years. 
But I knew that. I remember even when we were in class and people were told you're going to be in this course. As in, the people who work, who perform the best are going to be employed by Davis and Shatliff. I remember just looking down. Hey, Lord. By God's grace, I got in. But then I knew for me, I still had to keep working. That money God is giving you, for the early beginners, what is it for? Is it trying now to compete with the 50-year-olds who have been working for 20 years? There are cars we are driving we can't even afford. Use it to better yourself. What you have sometimes is just a seed. And that's why we come to multiplication. And allow yourself, and that's why when you sit, well, the, pro, the good thing about sitting, you remember that point of sitting? You don't sit with other people. You sit with who? Yourself. Sit with yourself. Some of us, all the decisions we are making is because we are making them in the auditorium. So what's the next shoe? What's the best big shoe? So that the people who are dictating. So when it comes to that aspect of multiplication, you've got to be sure and you've got to learn what are assets. Question everything. I, I realized a big quote in my life. The best way to save money. Can I give you a secret? The best way to save money is not to spend it. Very obvious. The best way to save money is not to do what? Spend it. Think of how you can apply it. For now we have to go on. Verse 16. The first one came and said, Sir, your mina has earned ten more. Verse 17. Well done, my good servant, his master replied, because you have been trustworthy in a very small matter. You have been trustworthy in a very small that's why it was not $10 million. It was 10 naira. Because you have been trustworthy in a very small matter. Take charge of 10 cities. Aye, are they comparable? 10 cities. And the next principle that comes out is faithfulness. Money is a tool to achieve God's purposes. How faithful will you be with the little that you're having? Some of us, we are busy creating airtime, posting, trolling people because of how little what we have is. 2 Corinthians 8, 7, it says that, but since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. Multiplication and where God is calling us to, to be generous. You remember that verse? To be generous. God calls us to excel. And let me debunk a myth. I know every time, and it's a bit, yes, there are people who have taken for granted the faith and the things of God. And that's why they stop listening. Or is that your WhatsApp group? Am I rocking someone's boat? Let me tell you, you have to understand kingdom dynamics. You have to understand you're not a survivor, but you're called to thrive. You're called to bless. You're call That's your position. You're not called to feed I, myself, and I. And if it goes very much, my family. The Lord is counting on you to be the channel for many others. Amen? 
And so I pray that even as we listen, that we will be in that way. We will think of it in that way. When it comes to issues of tithing, offering, one of the kids, I remember listening to someone once. He made a testimony and he said back then that one, I strive to grow in my giving. Every year I will add 1%. One thing I've told God, help me. The offering I bring to church, the whatever I was giving last year, let it not be what I'm giving this year. Right? I have told God, and let me tell you, I have never lacked offering. The areas of tithing. Yes, some of us keep to the safe and 10%. Kameguza ama kajaguza. It's like those guys who sell meat. You see how they drop the last... Uh-uh. No, no, a portion. Verse 18. The second came and said, Sir, your mina has earned five more. His master answered, You take charge of five cities. As we come to the end, verse 20. Then another servant came and said, Sir, here is your mina. I have kept it laid away in a piece of cloth. <laughs> I was afraid. You remember fear? I was afraid, but him, I was afraid of you. You are a hard man. Can we be candid now? Most of us, if we, were, if we could tell our bosses the same thing, could stand up, Monday, you are a hard man. You take out what you did not put in. Or I do the report, then you forward it. Hmm. You always shine with our work. And reap what you did not sow. Isn't that a very common? Can I say something? There's a time for that. Let me just take a minute. If you find yourself in that place, do it well. How I got myself to do payroll was very interesting. I was the guy under the shadow of the people who do payroll. But they wanted some skill, which I learned in a very hostile environment. Hey, those guys were not very good. Hey. But I learned a skill. My Excel skills shot to the roof. One day, I don't know how, this person came and told me, come help me do this thing. You know you are not authorized to know this thing, so your name must never be known. You must never be known. So I just used to work. So they would come and tell me, so this is the next change, I work. One day something, not on God's will, not that they were a bad person. Something happened. The person was so unwell. They had to leave the job as it is, where it is. And I don't know, one day, guess who they had to look for? They were, the, she was asked, who can help with this job? Whose name popped up? And I got myself into some of the most fancy projects, the biggest projects. That's when I got to work more with my rich dad. Because it was something he was working on. But what if I would have said, in fact, that no one knows me. No one will acknowledge me. Would I have been there? Turn to someone next to you, tell them, do that job. Do that job and don't complain. Just do the job. Because the Bible says, whatever you find to do, do it as unto the, and not for. That's what he calls for. Whatever it is, do the job. Just do the job. Do the job. Do the job. Because it is our Father in heaven who rewards us. 
And so this guy continues, 22, his master replied, I will judge you by your own words. Look at how harsh that can be. I will judge you by your own words. You wicked servant, you knew, did you, that I am a hard man. <laughs> the bosses know what you normally say about them. <laughs> Taking out what I did not put in and re reaping what I did not sow. Why then didn't you put my money on a deposit so that when I come back, I could have collected it with interest? Principle number four, the retention principle. I must retain what I get. You must retain. You must never lose. Our bosses, rich dad's rule is, and if you forget everything, never lose company money. You must retain. Some of us, just keeping it, it's not earning any interest. Or it's basically matching with inflation. So you are zero-sum game. And if we hit the shocks we've hit with Russia right now, you're competing, you're terrible, right? You must never lose. And some of us are losing because we have got this consumer mentality. Remember that one? Yolo, yolo. You're losing, you're just bleeding the boss's money. You're bleeding God's money. And this is why it calls for delayed gratification. It's okay if you don't drive the latest car today or live in the biggest suburb today. It's okay. One day your assets will be financing. And one of the key things I want to challenge us, are we able to retain what we earn up to 20%? I've seen this number. And I will show some numbers, 20%. Whether it's your domestic worker who is able to retain, you pay them eight, 10,000, they retain 20% or whoever it is. Let's see how that can grow if allowed to multiply, okay? And so that principle, we must retain that. And so this guy goes like 24, then he said that to those standing by, take his mina away from him and give it to the one who has 10 minas. Sir, they said, he already has 10. Isn't that, will that be our language as well? The guy already has 10. 26, he replied, I tell you to, I tell that to everyone who has, more will be given. But as for the one who has nothing, even what they have will be taken away. Money walks. Either money is walking or can't you see money walking here? Money has just walked from the one who has, who had little, to the one who had even, to the one who had more. May I challenge you and say that your next blessing is balancing on the tightrope of how faithful you are with the current assignment. It's, it's on that tightrope. And may the Lord work on our mindsets. Right? And on our attitude, because the Lord wants it all. 